1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the SCORE Nord Studios. TCL,
2: America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three,
3: four. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami.
1: I'm
2: excited for Rami to be introduced to this song. Wait for it. We were raised with a stick and a pair of blades On the ice we cut
0: our this a real thing? Yes, is a real
2: thing? Yes. Okay. This is a
3: Absolutely. Is this some sort of spoof or something? No, no, no. This, this is, is
2: not
0: us. This, this, is,
3: this is to be taken seriously.
2: This is, wow. this is the wild and, well, not seriously. As seriously but, as you want to
0: take it. Yeah. It's not a spoof, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> it's
2: also not a spoof that Trader Paul Fenton is on the loose. Judd Zulgad just got off a conference call with the Wild general manager. It was just you two, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah we were just
0: one. we were going back and forth. He <laughs> called me before the trade. I said, make the trade. And then he did. He called <laughs> me back.
2: Yeah. So it's, uh, it's Mackie and Judd with Rami, if you're just joining us this week. If you're just joining us, like you got back from a vacation and you're wondering, what is happening here? It's two things. Number one, it's score north on 1500. We are no longer 1500 ESPN. It's score north on 1500. S-K-O-R. ScoreNorth.com and at ScoreNorth on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, soon Facebook. We had a little snafu with Facebook, but uh, we're dealing with that. <laughs> Facebook's usually so flawless in their dealings with everything. I can't can't imagine. How yeah, no, something got screwed up there in the right. transition they never screw things they've done there. so well too. <laughs> I, mean, so I, I don't know what could go wrong and uh, we found uh, we found Rami Maklove oh. from uh, the fan of Milwaukee I was just wandering down the side <laughs> of the road they are like, like who's that dude do you know dude?
3: anything about sports I was like yeah do you like beer and stuff
0: <laughs> uh, yep sure. who's that guy we with sure really do. really good hair <laughs> I said, Phil, pull over. Let's pick him
2: up. So all right, the, the Wild are making trades here. Nino Niederreiter. Yes. Goodbye. Yes. Uh, what do we know about the return for Nino Niederreiter and what's happening with our Minnesota Wild?
0: Uh, th- the return is a guy named Victor Rask who has been with the Carolina Hurricanes for, I think he was drafted in 2011 and has had an underwhelming year after unfortunately having to undergo surgery in September when he uh, slashed his hand open Jeez. while cooking. Um with a, like a butcher knife? Yeah, uh, he had a, in fact, I can find it right here if you got a second. So he was uh, cutting up, you know, let's say some uh, tomatoes or, or something at home, mm-hmm. possibly to, to make a good pasta if the guy can cook. And he, uh, yeah, he sliced his uh, ring and pinky fingers on his right hand. Is this like when uh, he had surgery. Rami, former Twins
2: player, I love explaining like, obscure Minnesota sports things to Rami. It's like the most fun thing of this week. So do you remember Lou Ford? The name sounds familiar, yes. Yeah, he was. He, he popped up and uh, was great for the Twins like 12 years ago for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then he was kind of a journeyman, went to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe it was Lou Ford who ironed his shirt yes. while he was wearing it
3: one time. What?
2: Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> so I'm thinking of this Victor Rask. Was he like holding a tomato and cutting it or something? I
3: can recall two weird injuries from my time in Milwaukee, and there were more. But uh, Matt Wise, former Brewers reliever... He cut his hands on a, on a pair of salad tongs at a team dinner and it cost him, it cost him like three weeks. On tongs? I don't even know how you cut your hand on a pair of salad tongs. And then their catcher, Jonathan Lucroy, his wife, uh, was doing, they were staying at a hotel and the suitcase was on the bed and Jonathan Lucroy was reaching under the bed to grab something. She knocked it off and the suitcase fell on his hand and he had a hairline fracture. (laughs) Was it time.
0: was it Rick Aguilera who tried to pick up a suitcase at spring training and hurt his back or something? Uh, I think that happened. Yeah. I think he did. I know Clint Barmas uh, yes. with the
2: Colorado Rockies was like walking up the stairs with groceries or something, yeah. and fell down the stairs and broke yeah. his back. No, it
3: wasn't
0: groceries. It was um, it was deer. It was deer. That's uh, right. But he lied, I think, initially and said it was groceries. I think he did lie. You felt, you and then they felt, found out it was more like deer. He was like, that's stupid. You I carrying groceries
3: up the stairs? They need something more
0: I'm manly. Sure. It's venison. Yes. But, but baseball's incredible. Baseball m- must have, player-wise, the biggest clutches possible, Right. There's always this bizarre baseball, yeah, I was just trying to transfer the case from here to here, and now I'm on the uh, 15-day DL. Yeah, Tra- I
2: think Travis Hafner did something like that, too, one time, where he was climbing up some steps, and, like, Travis Hafner, like, walks out his front door and goes on the disabled list.
3: And I don't know why him. people get upset at that. Like, do they expect athletes to just be, like, wrapped in bubble wrap when they're not out, not out on the field of play? Like, the dude cooks. He cut his hand cooking. Well, we, we've all done that. you know what I actually, mean? Actually,
0: I prefer that. <laughs> Okay, since you, we're down this path. You don't path, know my story, but hold on, okay. Since we're down this path,
2: uh, another one of the top five or ten biggest Mackie and Judd arguments Can I tell of him? all time. Yeah. Do you know which one I'm going to allude to? Of course I do. Okay. Yes. Okay. I've
0: worked with you for like five years okay. now. all right.
3: I feel like the adopted kid of an old married couple.
2: All right, son.
0: Rami, sit down and listen while the old man tells you what's what. Uh, as a Cubs fan, you probably actually recall this play because mm-hmm. it was a big deal. Yeah. Was it three summers ago or so? Anthony Rizzo went up on the wall at Wrigley. Yeah, stood
3: on, stood stood on up, the wall. He climbed the tarp and then stood on right. the edge of the wall. Yeah.
0: I went ape bleep because I said, if I'm the Cubs, if you stand on the tarp, that's fine. But that wall is sort of slippery. And I said, I do not want a man in cleats who is key to my team to be standing on that brick wall at Wrigley Field. <laughs> He's a professional athlete. It's an amazing play. Oh, I hated it. And Phil and I got in a huge fight and then people called and ripped me.
3: It's it was ridiculous. It's a ridiculous take.
0: And even if it's he falls, he's home. They're getting, the
2: fans are going to catch him. Exactly. That's that's a whole other angle that I never even Where thought of in the backwards? argument. What if he falls backwards?
0: And then he lands on the tarp. He lands on grass. No, he falls onto the tarp, lands backwards, hits his head, knocks himself the out. Wall, the, the, yeah. I will never back down off this <laughs> the one. wall. I'm it, right. It's the, the wall. It's
2: not the green monster that he's standing on. Like but that's cheating, a slippery, Cheating death? That's a
0: slippery <laughs> wall with clean on. Anyway, I still the, think I'm right. Okay, Victor Rask, okay, Victor, the player with okay, the wild This traded is for. not oh, Victor Rask has not had a good year, but he gives them a center, which Nino was not. It gives them depth at, at a key position where I'm pretty convinced that by the trade deadline in the National Hockey League, which is February 25th, they're going to trade Eric Stahl. So they need depth at that position. And, and center is sort of like pitching in baseball. You accumulate them if you possibly can. And
2: you can always move a starting pitcher to the bullpen. You can always move a center to right wing, but exactly. you can't move a right wing to center. Exactly. And okay. you can never
0: have too many of them? Is that? Is yeah, that, okay. yeah you, right. that's fine. But the key to this trade is not the addition of Rask. It's subtraction. This room needs to be broken up badly. Nino, Coyle, Granlin, perhaps. There is a long list of guys who helped them get to the second round of the playoffs a few years back against Colorado. And Rami, at that time, Phil and I said, oh, man, this is going to be great. This team is going on quite a run. They've now been to six consecutive playoffs. The last three years, they've lost in the first round. It's a group of underachieving human beings who, as a collection, aren't that good. So so Fenton got here last May. And unfortunately, the guy that owns this team is a big fan. And so his mandate was, I only think we need some tweaks to our roster and we'll be fine. And we all said, you are absolutely crazy. The greatest thing, and I did not realize this on Saturday or Monday, but thank the good Lord that this team lost to Detroit, which is a terrible team, and then came back on Monday night and gave up seven goals at, at Philadelphia, a terrible team, and then allowed the Kings, another terrible team on Tuesday, to rally against them before they came back and won in a shootout. Long story short, today is the beginning of the breaking up and subtraction of guys from the Wild roster. So I have a question for you. So I've always viewed
2: the Wilds' sp- problem, if you will. If, and I define problem by, okay, the expectation is how about get to a conference finals once in a while? Like what, what is preventing them in the last six years from getting to a, a conference finals or, or playing for a Stanley cup championship going beyond the end of April in the, in the playoffs. And I think there's two different reasons. One, they're just not good enough. They, if you compare when the Blackhawks were at their peak three or four years ago, or when uh, when the well you look at the Capitals with they don't they don't have an Alex Ovechkin on their team they just haven't so number one it's they're not good enough I watch them get outskated on a regular basis by some of the best teams in the NHL but then the other thing that's harder to quantify but always feels like it's been percolating is it's never felt like a super cohesive unit behind the scenes it's always felt like Suter and Parisi have been unhappy with coaching and young players and there's always been kind of a divide so. From what you can tell, how much of if there's a pie chart of wild problems here? Yep. Uh it, how much of it is chemistry and just guys not gelling the way that you'd like yep. versus they're just flat out not good enough the last few years?
0: Uh it's both, but, but the key thing here is six consecutive playoff appearances, three consecutive years out in the first round, and never in that time getting past the second round. It basically comes down to Chuck Fletcher got fired because of the fact that this team couldn't advance. And a new GM was not going to come in here and magically make one or two changes, and all of a sudden this team was going to find God and have playoff runs. So I think that this comes down to the chemistry that they tried and thought would work, didn't work. And now the most important thing is to get as many assets, draft picks, young players, as you possibly can, you could continue to try and take shots at making the, the playoffs with this team. But if that was going to be the case, then Chuck should not have been fired, and he was because this team needs to do what you said, which is eventually make a playoff run. And so they are now at the point where, and I'm sure, I'm sure from the day that Fenton set foot here, he basically knew this. But they they were at the point where he had to go to. Ownership and say, you see, we have to make changes. And I think when you lose, you go up and down and up and down, which this team has done again. And you lose a game like they did to Detroit, and then the game on Monday that gives you evidence that they have to make some changes. Yeah, I know
2: we were uh, Rami and I were poking fun at you for uh, for your rant. I believe it was yesterday when you ranted, just saying like, I mean, they're a playoff team. I actually didn't think they were going to be a playoff team. So in my mind, they've exceeded expectations that I had going into the season a little bit. But I think we can all agree if you're just sort of hovering in the NBA and and in, in the NHL, if you're just sort of hovering around sneaking in as an eight seed and you're not good enough to actually go deep into the playoffs and you're not bad enough to go get a game-changing impact player uh, that can either be your top-line center or your, your stud power forward in the NBA, that's just a bad place to be. So if they have a chance to cash in some of their chips, if Nino Niederreiter was one of those chips and if, if Eric Stahl is one of those chips... And if they can go down the ladder of the standings and maybe finish like with the 5th worst record in the NHL or something and get a better draft pick you know what it that's is? probably the best route to go.
0: Short-term hurt for long-term gain, which they've they really haven't done they've that not, ever no, never. Yeah, for two decades. So you think this is the start of a scorch the earth, tear it down as much as you can and then rebuild. As much as you can. Now there's now it's Sunny there's one problem here. <laughs> there's one there's one big problem. There's actually two. And, and we will never criticize this day, because July 4th, 2012, sports-wise, in this town was great fun. But Parisi and Suter on that day were signed to free agent, 13-year apiece, $98 million contracts with no move clauses. What? Oh, yeah. 13-year. Those dudes are signed until they're 42.
2: In fact, in forty-one and forty-two. Fact, Who, in fact,
0: the league. What? In fact, yeah. the league. Welcome to
2: Minnesota. The Robbie.
0: league came back. The league came back and said, from now on, eight years is the max. But these guys are signed to 13-year, $98 million. And by the way, as Phil always says, in a salary cap league. So it's not baseball where, right. oh, whoops, but we can still spend. And they're both like from here with families and stuff too. So it's not like, do oh, you want to go back home to Los Angeles? That's not what's happening <sighs> So, either. So that's the fly in the ointment because those two are going to be around for a long time.
2: And, I mean, they're still both, when, when they're on the ice, good enough to where you're not going to be coyotes bad. Right. right? You're not... Like th- those guys being, and your hope is almost that those guys start to decline so that you can get bad and then drop, but then they're still going to be under contract in a salary yes. cap league, which is weird. Correct. But it was the ultimate, you know, how in, in, this happens in baseball all the time where, all right, uh, Mike Illich is, was 83 years old when they brought in in Detroit, they brought in Prince Fielder, they brought in, uh, who was the other? They brought in Prince Fielder, and was it the Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera contract Cabrera or something? That
0: massive contract, yeah. And he
2: flat out said, "Yeah, I know these are bad contracts. I just want to win a World Series before I die. So I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't care." Now Craig Leopold Leopold's is not, not eighty three. No, he's, he's
0: in his he's in his prime, baby. And the the day that these guys signed was so much fun because it it's the type of investments that for the most part teams in this town don't make. So it was great fun. So you guys were happy about this. We were happy about it because at moment. the time, but 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 the whole thing that day, Rami was Stanley Cup or bust, and we legitimately thought that day these two can catapult them to a cup. On that, we were off.
3: Yeah, I don't know that there is any athlete in any sport that I would trust over the course of a thirteen-year contract. Yeah, that's. Would you even trust? So Bryce
2: Harper is twenty-five. No. No, I wouldn't give not him anymore. a thirteen year contract. No. Would you try that's a good this is a good this is kind of <laughs> Young a fun question. Young and dumb at the time, Rami. <laughs> Young and dumb. I mean, even if it's like a twenty one year old or a no. 20... there's some NBA players that you know when they're twenty or twenty one. Okay. Who's a who's a Giannis. player? What's Giannis now? Twenty twenty four, I believe. 13, not, thirteen
0: years though? Not till he's thirty seven. I can't do that. But jeez. There is nobody now, in retrospect, there is nobody that plays sports professionally that I would go near Thirteen years. What about Maybe,
2: what about
3: Doncic, this, the 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 new Dirk Nowitzki? No, I don't what think is he like? So. Nineteen years old? Maybe LeBron in like his second year in the league. I would I would think about giving a thirteen year contract. Yeah, I think um, eight
0: is max for me. About eight. It's, and, it depends on the age. Time. I mean, if it's a, if time. it's
2: a thirty year old, we've seen that. That's what that's what's happening in baseball. Where finally a bunch of smart GMs put their heads together and said, "Okay, enough of this. This is ridiculous." The latest Machado numbers. I think I heard today on one of these Sports Center updates. Was seven years, 175 million from the White Sox. Yeah. Those, him and and Bryce Harper went into the offseason assuming 300 million and hoping for something closer to 400 million. And apparently, the best offer on the table is 175 million over seven years. Poor guy. That's not collusion. That's just smart front officing, right? right? Check to check right there, though, right? I know. Just <laughs> I trying mean, to feed his family.
3: Just trying to feed his, his family, fine? man.
2: <laughs> Tough life. I think it's like, what's What's the difference between if somebody offers you. Ten million dollars or twenty million dollars a year. Like what Eagle. once you get past a Eagle. certain point,
3: does it matter? Eagle. Uh, it. yeah, I want I want the extra ten. Yeah. But what can you do with twenty that you can't <laughs> do? Because I'm 10? cooler then. I'll find with something. twenty I'm cooler. <laughs> I'll find something to do. I'm gonna find something to do with that extra $10 mil. I'll tell you that right now. But let's just let's let's you can
2: just make a list for this next segment. All the things you would do with the extra ten million dollars. <laughs> I'll get to work it's on Mackie it. Mackie and Jubb with Rami from the T C L broadcast studio. Score north on fifteen hundred, the all new score.
1: All right, let's take a look at the traffic around the area. we got a crash up or over in St. Paul and 94 eastbound that's causing a six-minute delay between Lexington Parkway and Western Avenue, as well as a crash near New Brighton on 35W northbound that's causing a four-minute delay between 694 and County Road 96.
3: Phil, it's all yours. Davis falls down but gets it back and then throws it away. Warriors off to the races. Thompson with the jam. And, you
1: know,
3: we took a, a major step. Backwards today as it pertains to our defense,
2: our rebounding. Uh, we had taken a step forward versus Rutgers, uh, but we didn't compete like a Big Ten team physically. And if you want to win, regardless of where the game is, you have to do that. And We did not do that. Sorry, I played I played a, the wrong song by that. Sorry, confused. my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, just, I just flat out clicked the. I clicked like an inch <laughs> over the wrong direction. I'm sorry.
1: You got right over there. That's that it, I did him for a reason. You okay? That's it. You're done.
2: <laughs> just like spazzing out on the button bar over here.
1: <laughs> oh!
3: <laughs> oh
0: michael Irvin!
3: so who was that i was all ready to come out of the break and, and set oh. this all up what what actually transpired there? That, let, let, we
2: should just do that for every segment okay. i'll play a random soundbite and then you I'll guys like, have to have takes on it <laughs> uh so the second soundbite was richard patina i talking agreeing. about how the, okay. the team took a major step backwards That's after thought. getting drubbed by like 40 points against a winless conference uh illinois well and a four-win on the season, Illinois,
3: team, too, by the way. So, yeah, but besides that, they were great. So, And this is on the heels of what happened to the Wolves on Wednesday. And, and Manny pointed it out last night in a tweet. I, I picked a hell of a time to come and, and cover Minnesota sports, you guys. It has, not, it has not gone well since I got the to top. I'm waiting for fingers to start pointing at me
0: as, this, as the problem. There's been a five-day span here of absolute brutal hell for sports. Detroit, which is awful, beats the wild on Saturday, mm-hmm. right? Then we come back on Monday and the wild loses to the Flyers, who, by the way, entered that game as the worst team in their league. Go for women's basketball, which started off, I believe 12 and 0, loses its fourth consecutive game. This one at home to Iowa. Then you get to Tuesday. And so you get the, yeah, but at least they're going to show Jimmy Butler, right? They get smoked by what? 42 in that game. Yep. Then, of course, the Wild beats the Kings, but they still give up a point. And and because the Flyers won on Monday, the Kings entered that game as the worst team in the league that time. And then last night, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Does yeah. this take the cake
3: as the most embarrassing thing that's happened in recent weeks in Minnesota sports? Because that's not even a good Fighting Illini basketball team that you were embarrassed by last night. At least the Sixers, you can go. Okay, you were on the road. It was. It's the number four seed in the East. They got. They got some good players over there. Jimmy Butler had something to prove. You can come up with some reasons why what happened Tuesday night in Philadelphia happened. I don't know that you can come up with any good reason why you lost to the five and 12 fighting Illini yeah. by almost 30 points.
2: Yeah, it's so I have been the ultimate Richard Petino supporter as anyone who's listened to this show for more than, you know, a couple of years can attend. I used to host the Richard Petino show with him for four years when when we had the go for basketball rights. And uh, and I and I still stand. I think Richard Petino is a I think he's a really good coach. And I think the two dumpster fire seasons he's had in the five or six, he's been here are easier to explain in context where, okay, your star defensive big man gets suspended for the season because uh, of an incident from two years prior, right. Or a series of incidents. I think, I think um, Tubby Smith leaving him with virtually nothing in terms of underclassmen and recruits. When he took over, he had to patchwork an NIT championship team with transfers and with uh, like literally just like freshmen and transfers and guys who were playing division two. He pulled Joey King from Drake for God's sakes. And they won the NIT. It's like, there's, there's some blips on his resume with the gophers that are really easy for me to explain. And maybe I'm just being an apologist last night is the least explainable thing of Richard Petino's coaching tenure at, at the university of Minnesota. I, I could see if you were to lose a close game in overtime to a team. Okay. Whatever you went on the road and you've been bad on the road to not even be competitive against that team. Yeah. And you've got two you've got two NBA players on your team now. Yeah. So it's not it's not as much about talent anymore. That it made no sense. I am glad that he owned it and he went on Twitter even and said, "I'm owning this and it's it's the right way to approach it." But it's the first time I've really looked and said, "Whoa, dude, I don't even know what to say about does, this." Does this have you questioning the faith that you have in Richard Petino? Not not fully, not no. big picture wise, but I, I think I think it's it's the it's the first time that I've said, okay, that's a really really big red flag loss. Like that's not just a standard loss. Hey, you lose on the road in the Big Ten, it happens. Even even the worst teams in the Big Ten are going to put up a fight at home against some of the best teams. So I I wasn't expecting them to go in and just drub Illinois on the road. I would have I would have even been f- not fine with, but. It would have been more acceptable, like I said, if they got beat by three points or something and they were in it the whole time, and all right, it's a road game and it's a bad loss. But it, it just becomes unexplainable when you get run out by 30 or 40 points against
0: that team. It makes no sense. And that that was a complete no-show. It's like, have some pride here, too. Uh, here's the one thing that's beginning to really bug me about this team, and, and I'm going to pick on a player, and he deserves it after last night. Amir Coffey, dude, you've got to show up for every game. Like, you can't selectively decide, okay, this game, because when, when Amir Coffey's engaged and good, he is really good, and he he makes a world of difference for that team. But we've seen it, and it hasn't probably been a lot, but we've seen a few games this year where I don't know if something's wrong or what, but this team, this team doesn't have the depth or talent for him to uh, selectively choose games, and his game last night was off the charts awful, feeble, bad, awful, and inexcusable. So that's the one and I know he's a college kid and there's the whole debate about ah oh, you shouldn't pick on college and I don't care about that but <laughs> well, I don't I don't if you're going to play division 1 sports in in the Big 10 guess what you're out there but he's the one guy that I watched last night and I'm like okay you need to start to do something here and and he had one of those games where he did nothing yeah, it's uh um, that bothers me. Can you just chalk it up to shots not falling? Just one of those nights where shots no, aren't falling. I
3: don't think so. And with it Coffee specifically, 2 for 13 from the field. I mean, that's I mean, at some point don't you just stop shooting? If if it's that bad of a night for you at some point don't yeah. you just don't you just go, "All right, this isn't my night."
2: Well, I think to that point when I watch this team and it's it's a problem with Isaiah Washington at point guard. I know he's had some games where he's had a couple double-digit assist games on paper. But I watch this team and I think nobody if they can't get their own shot so if if the defense is playing some kind of a zone or if they're just if, if the lane is packed in and they're just not letting you get to the basket and if you can't make three pointers, they don't know how to set each other up they, they don't they don't have a point guard that thinks how can I get us into an offensive flow here that leads to someone getting an open basket I mean there were so many times where Isaiah Washington would dribble into the paint and maybe there'd be a cutter maybe there'd be a tough pass to be made and he wouldn't make it or he wouldn't he either wouldn't make it wouldn't see it or would just want to keep dribbling and maybe take his own shot so the, the like that's not not that like you just plug in a different point guard and they win that game there was a lot of reasons why they lost that game last night uh, but i feel like they're just really easy to throw off if they aren't getting up and down in transition and if amir coffee can't get the shots that he wants to there's nobody that can just reset things like Nate Mason used to, and there's no veteran, savvy, unselfish point guard presence that can sit there and say, "All right, deep breath, I'm gonna get this thing moving around again," and uh, and I'm gonna. The most amazing thing is Isaiah Washington. Since we're picking on college kids here, Isaiah Washington was the best basketball player. He was Mister Basketball New York, not Mister Basketball Delaware. Not Mr. Basketball like Rhode Island. He was Mr. Basketball in New York. Yeah. And he's lost in Big Ten games
0: against crappy teams like Illinois. Here's what I don't get about him. I went on uh, Saturday, and they played Rutgers, which is not good. And Isaiah Washington, for the life of him, guys, for the life of him, did not want to, want to shoot. And he finally, way, way into his playing time, took a shot. And it almost went. It didn't go. But, but you could see the wheels start to turn and the confidence sort of start to spark up. And so then he started to shoot and he was fine. I don't get him. Like he's he should not shoot a ton, but he can at least shoot a little bit. And it's as if they've told him not to or he doesn't want to. And, and it's really weird. But when he's not going to shoot, he is zero threat.
2: Zero. Well, here's here's. I want to ask Rami this question because mm-hmm. I, I want sort of. Uh, you're you're new to the Twin Cities and and you're new to what we're doing on a daily basis. It's easy for us to get caught up in just the the current perception that we have about our teams, right? Sure. So, so for the Gophers, we're on this conveyor belt of okay, they've got they've got really good players now compared to what they had two or three years ago, and they. You know, they beat a couple top 25 teams, and it's time to go back to the NCAA tournament. It's time for some sustained annual success for this program. But if I'm being objective, if I try to take myself out of the Twin Cities and in the now and just look at this program as a whole, even if you put back the the Final Four from the late 90s, the banners that got taken away because of the sanctions, it's not like this has ever been a perennial tournament team even. Forget about a team like Wisconsin that's always in the tournament except for last year. And regularly in the Sweet 16, and occasionally in the Final Four, we judge this Gophers program sometimes based on well, they've had all this
3: success in the past, and they really haven't. So I'm I'm, rec- yeah, I'm trying to reconcile that. I don't think that Gopher basketball success is something that you can you can take for granted or that you can expect given their recent history. And and I know, I, I and I talked about this a lot whenever we would talk about recruiting back back in Milwaukee. It's It's a crapshoot, just like and probably even more so any draft in professional sports is a crapshoot. And there you're talking about the absolute cream of the crop who have risen to the top after playing at the college level. When you're talking about recruiting from the high school level, you're still picking from a field of literally thousands. When you look at all the high schools and everything that these guys go around and visit, you're picking from a field of thousands. So it becomes that much more a crapshoot. So it's easy to, to get excited and to get carried away when you recruit Mr. Basketball New York. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or when, when you recruit, uh, Amir Coffee. And it looks good on paper, but you never really know what these guys are going to be until they get to that next level. And like I said, given, given the recent history of Gopher Basketball in the program, I don't know that I would necessarily plan on anything in terms of success. It's okay to to get excited when you get those types of four and five star recruits and and have some hope for the future. But to go, okay, yeah, this is it, and and to yeah. really bank on it, I don't I don't think that I'd 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 necessarily be in that position as a go for basketball fan. To your crapshoot point, let's let's put it this way.
2: This is where I'm I'm actually going to defend Richard Pitino uh, on this. So Isaiah Washington. Is only a sophomore. There's still time for him to. There was talk of him before his freshman year. Maybe this is a one and done kind of a guy. And here we sit. He's averaging five points a game, four assists. He
3: is, is shooting one and done. Thirty
2: one percent from the field. He's shooting thirty one percent from the field to the point where they just kind of told him don't shoot. Uh, he's shooting nineteen percent from three point range. But if you go back to before he suited up in a Gophers uniform, if you're a college coach. And someone said, Hey, you want Mr. Basketball in New York on your team? Oh, yes. Who wouldn't say yes? So I, because I, I, I hear some of these rumblings that, well, yet, hey, Patino had a couple other guard options of Minnesota kids. You could have kept a couple Minnesota kids. You got the bright eyes for New York. You had to go grab a New York player. Okay, you're telling me objectively, if somebody told you, We've got the best, presumably, he's Mr. Basketball in New York. So he's one of the best players in New York, senior in high school. And he wants to play for you. No one's turning that down. And the result of it is either just, you know, that's life in recruiting, or it's something systematic and they're just not doing a good enough job developing him, or maybe something
0: in between. Three words. Mm -hmm. Stop embarrassing us. To our teams. (laughs) That's all I want. Like, if guys are going to fail, I get that. And, and And if you lose by a decent amount, especially to a decent team, that's fine too. But honest to God, the past five days, Stop embarrassing us. Can I put three words out there? Of course. Don't blame me. I know the poops hit the fan (laughs) since I got here, but please.
3: I've had no hand in it whatsoever. I just get paid to come in here and talk about it a few hours a day. Don't
2: blame me. I almost feel like it's being over-exaggerated. No, this is a terrible five-day stretch. We have like ten of these a year in Minnesota sports. Not like this. No, no. we (laughs) got bottom
0: feeders. They're playing bottom. Everyone's playing the worst teams possible except for the Sixers, and they're all losing. Okay, there was a stretch where... like, have <laughs> had heartache the, before. There was a stretch where the Twins fired
2: Paul Molitor and Jimmy Butler lit up the franchise at the same time as... That was fun, know, not the, embarrassing. It's, it's, <laughs> it all, that was <laughs> great fun. all the time. It's, that was
0: great. <laughs> I enjoy that stretch. This is just embarrassing.
2: <laughs> it's Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Broadcast Studios, and we are the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. And at Score North, S-K-O-R North, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and soon Facebook. Come on, Facebook. I've been trying to nudge you this week. Facebook's trying to uh, sabotage our new, our new brand here. <laughs> Zuckerberg's <laughs> not say. taking your calls? It's Zuckerberg's fault. <laughs> yeah, Zuckerberg too busy trying to ex- explain away all of his mistakes the last two years. Got another one piling up here. Uh, but we'll, this is we'll the get worst there. One.
3: This is the worst one. It really is. I mean, screw <laughs> up the elections, but not
2: not our Facebook page. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for uh, just a brief moment here. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, where you can find the best car dealership and service department, in my opinion, in the Twin Cities. So, I, hey, I'm not oblivious. I drive around just like all you guys do, and I see dozens, if not hundreds, of car dealerships and service departments. There's all kinds of options out there. So, why be loyal to uh, just one for almost 20 years? Stop in and find out for yourself. You get family-like treatment, expertise. Uh, it's, it's also, if I can make a sports comparison, it's, it's like having a new stadium built, too, with sort of this luxurious feel to the Luther Lounge. They've got two massive flat-screen TVs, six workstations, all with cable TV. It's kind of just a cool place to hang out, to be honest. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com.
1: Let's take a look at the traffic. This traffic update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. We've got a crash on 94 eastbound that's causing a five-minute delay over in St. Paul between Lexington and Western Avenue. A crash in St. Paul again, 35E northbound between Victoria Street and St. Clair Avenue and one other crash over in Brooklyn Center. 94 Westbound, 49th Avenue, and 100.
0: I I want to mock! Mock!
1: I want to mock! Mock! I want to
2: mock! That's right, gentlemen. That's right, Rami. It is mock draft season.
0: Already? Oh, it's our favorite time. It's always mock yeah. draft. <laughs> it, it
2: never
1: ends.
0: we at this station. <laughs>
2: Wait, hold on. Do you smell that in the air? What is it? What you is smell it? that? I smell something. That's the musk of Todd McShay.
0: <laughs> I was hoping you'd go right. with Kuiper.
3: I thought you were going to say the yeah,
2: moose in Mel Kuiper's <laughs> hair. <laughs> That's that too. We're not sure. So Jonathan Harrison yes. has found a mock draft. Let's go through some of the highlights and find out who. They've got the purple picking.
1: All right. This one's from ESPN.com for Mel Kuyper. It's his oh, first mock draft whoa, of the season. 1.0. The uh-huh. godfather oh. of mocking is, has Ooh. spoken. Oh, he's spoken. Number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals. He's got Nick Bosa, defensive end from Ohio State. The first quarterback off the board is Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State to the New York Giants at number six overall. Okay. Following that, uh, the Green Bay Packers at number 12. They pick a defensive end from Clemson, Cleland Farrell. Okay. The Vikings, the one I know you guys are all waiting on.
2: Better be an offensive lineman. It better be someone or who weighs 320 pounds. Just wait
1: for it. Number 18, the Minnesota Vikings take offensive tackle from Ole Miss, Greg Little.
0: I want a mock. There mock.
1: you go. Judd actually stood up. I
0: want out of his to seat. mock. This is exciting. <laughs> doing a dance. Okay. Right. That was too far. Okay, R- I Kelly. I was celebrating. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sorry, not. You, can, I'm the you show. can associate <laughs> me with a lot of people, but not R. Everybody's R- Kelly. Everybody's of age in here, all <laughs> right, Phil? Everybody is of but age it was, in this studio. It was
2: the thrusting that got me there. I don't know what that <laughs> was, was. was. Elvis, not R. Kelly, you sicko. Yikes. So, uh, well, oh, but that's not all because.
0: I want to mock.
1: I want to mock.
2: That's right. From one of our favorite mock draft websites, DraftBlaster.com, yes. the thinking man's
1: guide to the draft. <laughs> the draft blaster.
0: DraftBlaster.com. i got so many thoughts I can't say right now.
2: According to DraftBlaster.com, Nick Bosa, defensive end Ohio State, goes number one overall to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. I'm just going to skip around, try to find some quarterbacks here. Um find well, well, many. Yeah, you gotta go down. Dwayne Haskins, six overall to the New York Football Giants. Will Greer, quarterback West Virginia, going uh, right after him to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where he'll work with John D. Filippo, mm-hmm. former inspired. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the great. One. <laughs> uh, and then the Minnesota Vikings, according to draftblaster.com, the thinking man's guide to the NFL draft. Is that that really is legitimately the, okay. their tagline. Yeah, that's
1: quite a tag. Yes.
2: At number 18. The Minnesota Vikings will select offensive tackle from Northern Illinois, Max Sharping.
0: I want to mock! I
1: want to mock!
2: Highlights? Can you tell us more about this guy? Oh, you want me to read the bio from the Draft that's, yeah. that's part
0: of this whole oh, exercise. Sure. I want to hear if his arms are too short. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hands are just wee <laughs> little hands.
2: Small hands. It says, Minnesota is loaded at skill position players, and the first priority for this team is to fully commit to an offensive philosophy and an offensive coordinator. Their offensive line acquisitions from a year ago are declining rapidly, and they need to immediately make an improvement there to help stabilize their offense. So there's really nothing about Max Sharping. It's more about how terrible the Vikings' offensive line is. And assuming that uh, a three hundred pounder can help
3: that, I think I like the Kuiper pick more. Yeah, it sounds more You're confident. More, sure, it sounds better, and it's Kuiper. Yeah, he's got exactly. he's the Godfather, so that makes sense that you would like it more. When is the Todd Father sending out his first? <laughs> when does mock Todd draft? McShay one come out? Probably next week.
1: Didn't he already do one I thought he did.
3: Oh, did he? Well, he went
0: before. I think. No, are you I allowed think, to go I don't before? I think he's allowed no? to. I think you that's you in the that? contract. We'll I don't take I, a look. Actually, I, hold on. I thought the hair always got to go i I'm fairly positive
1: first. he's already done one.
3: I think you're right, and I think... Because
1: I, I think we brought it up. <laughs> I, I want
0: a mock! mock! You expect <laughs> us to remember that?
1: I want
3: fear. mock! Man. Somebody brain cells dead. I'd have it for you if I had an ESPN Plus account, but he indeed did
1: put out Send his me the mock link. draft 1.0. Send me the link. I've got an ESPN Plus account. Or you could just share that. I mean, yeah, I could. A, yeah. I'm not going to share it over the air. <laughs> I'm going to share it with all our listeners. Why not? Why not? It'd be a nice option to extend week one our of Score North. But uh not sure I'm willing to share my credit card information. Can I ask them. a quick question? Sure.
0: Mm. How is it that, and not to mock names here, but how is it that Draft Blaster is the thinking man's guide to something? Like, shouldn't Draft Blaster be like, in your face, NFL coverage? Not the thinking man's guide to the National Football League, Draft Blaster.
2: It does feel, uh, yeah, it feels like there's a little dissonance there. In the branding. Yeah. Sure. Maybe they need a new brand expert. Maybe you should reach out. <laughs> I a new got, brand ambassador. I got my hands full. I'm busy. So all right. I just DM that over to you, Jonathan. <laughs> so uh, later I got in the, now. later in the show. Later in the show, we'll do the Todd Father mock draft. Uh so last night, I think it was Draymond Green on this show we were we were following along. Draymond Green broke the news that Demarcus Cousins was gonna make his uh, Warriors debut on Friday of this week, so tomorrow. Yeah. And Demarcus Cousins called the Warriors the "quote most hated team in sports." So, two-part question for you guys: mm-hmm. Are the Warriors the most hated team in sports? And what does your list look like right now as we sit here on Thursday, January seventeenth, two thousand nineteen?
3: I don't hate the Warriors at all. I don't know about you guys. I kind of, I kind of appreciate the Warriors when I watch them. It's, I mean, it's the best team of. Of the modern basketball era, it's a, it's a, it's a bona fide dynasty, and I think they're going to add more to that trophy case, and it'll be even even more of a dynasty before all is said and done. My thing with the Warriors, and it wasn't even necessarily solely about the Warriors, was I was bored of LeBron versus the Warriors, and that being the story every year when the NBA Finals rolled around, it was LeBron versus the Warriors. I got tired of that movie, so to speak. The Avengers have a different villain in every movie for a reason, because it gets exhausting and boring watching the same fight over and over and over again. I was okay with LeBron, and I was okay with the Warriors. I was just tired of LeBron versus the Warriors. I wanted to see something different, and we finally will get something different this year in the NBA Finals, but I never hated the Warriors themselves. I have no hate at all towards the Warriors. I appreciate the Warriors. Joe.
2: See, I actually do hate the Warriors, but I also acknowledge how great they've been for the NBA. And the Heat before the Warriors came along, and before LeBron went back to Cleveland, same thing. and that, actually, I didn't, I didn't really hate the Heat because I root for LeBron James. I think he's him and Michael Jordan are one A and one B, and I thoroughly enjoyed both of their careers. Um, but I would say, just to sort of answer the question. I don't think there are any other hated teams after the Patriots in the four major professional sports right now. The Patriots are still on that list, but they're almost dead because Tom Brady's in his forties. So I think once you get past the Warriors and the Patriots, there is no list, and that's a huge problem for baseball and the. I mean, the, baseball has no relevant oh, villains. NHL has no relevant teams nationally. Right. So that's where I stand on. On hated teams right now. I don't think there's enough. We do not have the exact same take. Okay. I had to write that down, opinion that Judd and I would have the same take. Exact on same okay.
0: take. Okay. All right. I'm going to hold up for both of you. Here is my list of teams that I currently hate. Okay. Look at that list. Mm-hmm. Look at that list. Mm-hmm. It's blank because of this. No adult male or gal should hate a team. Like if you're a kid, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand teams. All right. But as an adult, I appreciate teams. I appreciate if, if you're great, good for you. And and on the show, we've always said when the villainous teams are good, it's way more fun. But I don't hate teams. I might hate occasionally a player here or, or there, but that player might get traded. But as far as teams go, the Patriots, they're great. They're fantastic. Um, When the Yankees are good, they've been great. Fantastic. If the Green Bay Packers are good, it's fantastic because it's fun if the Vikings are good too. I don't hate anybody. Okay, I see where you're
2: going with this. I think it's I, it, it, I think there should be an asterisk next to you because the the, the like the the traditional <laughs> fan subject, has the the traditional fan has sort of been beaten out of you over your you know five decades on Earth and having covered NFL beats and things like that. So like you you're not in the same shoes as a Vikings fan who has Packer fan relatives and has to hear about. The Brett Favre era and the Aaron Rodgers era. So, it's I think there's different levels of emotional attachment here. Like you, you get emotionally attached to cert, to certain other things that that maybe the common fan doesn't. Like you get emotionally attached to wanting someone fired from a front office. Well, yeah, because that just <laughs> makes sense half the time, <laughs> well, more than half but, the time. But where I will agree with you is, the Warriors are a team. I guess I should rephrase. I hate that. They've become this dominant, but I know how great it's been for the NBA because it gives you storylines. It gives you LeBron chasing Warriors. It gives you Warriors chasing Bulls from nineties. It gives you all these things. Or Houston can,
0: trying to get them.
2: Yeah. It gives you layers and context exactly. to your league. Yes. I mean, like, once the outside of the Cubs ending their one hundred eight year run in in futility, like what are the other storylines if the Yankees aren't good, what are the other storylines in baseball that really go beyond the heart? And I love baseball, but that really go beyond the hardcore diehard fan, because the NBA has a bunch of them, and the NFL traditionally has a bunch of them too. The NHL, we've thought about this a lot. Like the NHL doesn't have anything on a year-to-year basis that would break past the diehard traditional NHL fan. So where the, where, the, where the Warriors should be appreciated is even if you hate them, they bring emotion and they bring relevance to the NBA.
0: But don't you, don't you, if you do hate, appreciate that? Because if the Bears now get good for five years, Mm -hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Bring it. That's... The wor- this the saddest thing as a sports fan what I hate is when a franchise that that used to be good gets bad and you're like, oh they're playing I don't care right I I love greatness because it, it inspires you and and if you w- want to go down the path of I-, I hate that team that's fine but it inspires you to want to watch that team and actively root for or against them and I think that's a great thing I I just I think the passion of I hate that team I wish that they'd get bad if they do get bad then, you sit there and say that's no fun. Oh no, I revel in it. I revel in yeah. it. But I don't I don't
3: hate teams because they're good. I don't even I like I just said I have no hate for the Warriors. I have no hate for the Patriots. I have no hate for whoever is the dominant baseball team. Who's the last team of the day that you did hate? Uh I have 5 teams that I hate. If you want to hear them, yep. I've put together a list. But you'll see that it's not it has nothing to do with their success. Or failure. A lot of it has to do with the perception of that franchise, whether it be from the media or fans, or just the the attitude of that franchise and its fan base. And the two at the bottom, the Cowboys are number five for me because I and and Notre Dame is number four for me. Oh wow, more Uh, fighting now it's on and foot and football specifically because I hate the notion. I hate when people say it's good for the sport when fill in the blank team. Is good or in or in contention. It is good for the That's sport. That's a bunch of BS. I don't care if Notre Dame is good. It doesn't make me any more interested in college football. I have. I. I it doesn't do anything for me. And no, because
2: I thought, I thought this college football season was one of the most compelling in recent history. I don't, but because kind of, put of my that, finger on because
3: it. of that mentality, Go and Irish. because of the sham that that college sports in general is, but especially the 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 the, the college football playoff system is. If Notre Dame has even a whiff around them of being a good football program well then they shoot to the top of the rankings and they get a crack at the playoff that any other program wouldn't get just because they're Notre Dame they wear golden helmets and people who are in power believe it's good for the sport of college football if Notre Dame is good I don't care just give me the four best teams I don't care what helmet they wear I don't care what uniform they wear I don't care what campus they come from I just want to see good football and and I, don't, I think we don't get that all the time time because of this perception, this aura that surrounds Notre Dame and the Cowboys. You can say the same thing about the Cowboys in the NFL. Do you feel that way about all sports? Yes. So, so,
2: because this is where I disagree, is let's take the NBA, for instance. Mm -hmm. To me, there's a huge difference between the Lakers being really good and being the team that everyone's trying to knock off and the Memphis Grizzlies being really good and being the team that everyone's trying to knock off because there's a certain... There's a certain bad guy legacy and, and flashy legacy that, makes, that that puts a little extra seasoning on you wanting oh, absolutely. someone to knock them off. And the Yankees would be the same in Major League Baseball. It's more, to me, it's more compelling when I'm rooting for the Twins trying to knock off the Yankees than the Twins trying to knock off like, the Orioles are good this the year. La- the, and, Lakers.
0: <laughs> you know? the Lakers and Celtics being good is great for basketball.
3: See it doesn't do anything for me. You might be right that it's good in the big picture. There might be more people out there who who think like you guys than there are who think like me. I don't care. I don't like I said, other than my team and and my personal rooting interest, other than that just just give me good football, give me good basketball, give me good baseball. I want to see the top teams regardless of what uniform they're wearing playing against each other. That's why I tune in. I want to see the highest level of the sport being played and it doesn't matter what uniform they're wearing when they play it. Outside of my guys, outside of my teams, I have no rooting interest. I have no rooting against interest whatsoever except for these five teams that I have written down. Okay, who here are finally. the other 3 on your list? The other 3 come down to rivalries. So it's it's more of a well, for two of them it's a respectful kind of hate, the top one and we'll get to that in a second. There I have I it's just pure pure hate. I hate them more than anything in sports, and more than most things in this world, the Pistons. That goes back to the bad boys days and beating up on on Michael Jordan when I was a young it, Bulls you, like, fan. Do you still hate the Pistons? I still hate. But that Pistons. makes perfect sense. Day. That, that I guess. I still were, hate the Detroit Pistons. If you were young then, that makes perfect right. sense. Uh, and and another I thing another thing you learn about me, Judd, is I'm a man child. So when you say no grown man should hate another team. It fits perfectly with me okay. because I am not a grown man. I Fair am a, I am a child in the body of a grown man. Number two, <laughs> well, well, I need to go back to the Pistons thing first. Okay, a second. so yeah. are you telling me
2: that that five years ago you're flipping around NBA TV and and you're just you're just gnashing your teeth over the Greg Monroe Reggie Jackson no. Pistons? No, but God, I, yes. I do I
3: do twenty five rev- win team. I do revel in how the franchise has tumbled. From glory okay. to where they now, are now. I revel in that. Now, I, don't, I don't watch them and root against them on a night-to-night <laughs> basis, but I revel in the overall
0: failure of the Detroit Pistons. The one thing about that, though, mm-hmm. is your team did get past them. Yeah, It's not like they got to the hump and couldn't get past them But they it. were just they got so, past so
3: hateable. Like, Bill Lambier and Rick Mahorn yeah. and Isaiah Thomas and walking off without shaking hands with that Bulls team when they finally did eliminate them from the playoffs. Like, they were just so hateable that it's stuck with me and I, I, I still hate the Pistons to this day. Sure. The Packers are number two and that goes to the Bears Packers rivalry, but this is sort of a, I hate them, but I respect them. The, the, the success of that franchise, what they've meant to the NFL since the incarnation of the league and, and the way that they operate. I respect the way that the Packers do business, and I respect the success that they've had. That's number two.
0: And for for the Bears and Vikings' sake, Mm -hmm. it's more fun when they're good, too yes. It's way more fun. Yes.
2: How it, did you play that off when you did, when you talked to Packer fans for 10 or 12 years? I would, Did they know how much you hated
3: the I Packers? I would openly express that I hate them, but also tell them when they were very good how jealous I was of them, and sure. how jealous I am of them for the quarterback success that they've had over the last 25 years while I've been watching the steaming dumpster that's been lining up under center for us for the last 25 years wearing <laughs> different jerseys. Yeah, so, Jay Cutler, come on. Exactly. I'm actually a Jay Cutler apologist, but we don't have to okay. go down that road right on. now.
2: I forgot one of the one of the shows that should have been on my top ten list is mm-hmm. that Kristen Cavallari uh Jay Cutler reality That's show. That's
3: actually kind of good. It's
2: incredible. It's because actually, of Jay Cutler. Because of
3: Jay Cutler. Yeah. I, I I agreed with my girlfriend that we would watch. I would watch it with her if we could just fast forward to the Jay Cutler scene. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's literally how we watch that show. <laughs>
2: just neckbeard and indifference. Every scene that Jay Cutler's in.
3: Number one on my list of teams I hate more <laughs> than anybody in sports and more than most things on this planet are your St. Louis Cardinals. They are just the absolute worst from the front office down to the, the 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 manager that they seem and it's been different managers but they all seem to have the same crappy attitude when it comes to baseball down to their fans do you guys follow uh what is the uh, twitter account it's a uh, best fans best baseball fan no i'm sorry best fans st louis no and oh, they no. they just they take screenshots or retweet awful awful takes by St. Louis Cardinals fans. Here's one from Devon Elizabeth says the Cardinals in my opinion are a humble and hard-working team. <laughs> Yachty, Bader, Carp, Wainwright, etc. Those guys should be recognized over Harper any day. I do not want the face of the Cardinals to be Bryce Harper.
2: But it must feel good because your Cubs have sort of surpassed the Cardinals that in the last 5 years.
3: Feels so good. But just the the righteousness of, of the Cardinals and Cardinals fans this sense that they invented baseball and they wrote the, all got jerseys they wrote the unwritten rules of baseball Gibson, and, baby and they get to enforce them and and change them when they see fit and and if you do anything to besmirch the Cardinals or disrespect them then you need to be punished and and sent to baseball they're just the most arrogant uppity fan base. And, and organization in all of sports, and I cannot stand the St. Louis Cardinals. But besides that, they're fine. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> I, I
2: I wish the Twins had a Cardinals. I wish, that, like, what the Cubs are to the Cardinals, what the Twins are to blank, and it there just isn't one, because it's it was close. the White Sox for a little while, and then it was the Tigers for a little while. It's certainly not the Brewers, because they're in different leagues, and it's just more of a friendly rivalry. There's nobody. It's not the Royals really.
3: Nobody. Real quick, a follow-up on that thread by Devon Elizabeth. Again, it's at BestFan St. Louis. So somebody said, would you trade any of those guys for, say, Mike Trout? And she said, never. Bader is coming up big. Cardinals outfield is solid. I admire Trout, but don't fix something that ain't broke oh, again. Wow. That's aggressive. Just my
2: opinion. That's aggressive. If you're wearing a Cardinals
3: <laughs> uniform, you're the best baseball player
2: in the world, according to Cardinals fans. I love it. I love the I love the rant. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Score North on 1500. The all-new Score North and scorenorth.com. Uh, I'm already getting just hammered by people on Twitter here. Robert tweets in. Hallelujah, the single worst at Phil Mackey take is that we need the Yankees to be good for baseball to be relevant. No, no, we don't. We can revel in them being sucky for years and years. They haven't been sucky, though. They had one bad year, and then they were back to World Series contention. Don't you kind of hate that? Isn't it kind of fun to watch teams try to take them down? All right, back to the TCL Broadcast Studio
1: shortly.